Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Daniel chapter 6 and verse 20. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 20. I was going to preach this uh, uh, two weeks ago, and because of my shoulder ailment, was not able to be here, and I got angry because I still believe God can, and I want to tell you I am reporting today God can, God can, and he does. Our God has great ability. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 20. Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually? Now let me say that again. Is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions. There was a question. A question went out. Is your God able? Is your God able? Hallelujah. Let me ask you that again. Is your God able? Yeah. When God is able, we have peace that passeth all understanding. Amen. Father God, let the anointing come now throughout this entire congregation. Lord, I thank you for the anointing. Let us experience your mighty move, I ask. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. You might ask yourself whether you have or a, a big or a little God. One songwriter said, he's big enough to rule this mighty universe, yet small enough to live in my heart. But I want to tell you, I serve a big, big God. A big God. A little girl listened attentively as her father read the family devotions. She seemed awed by her parents' talk of God's limitless power and mercy. Daddy, she asked, placing her little hands on his knees, how big is God? <clears throat> her father thought for a moment and answered, honey, he, honey, he will always be just a little bigger than anything you need. I just want to tell you, honey, he'll always be bigger than your need. Whatever your need is, he's bigger than that. Little Susie finished her prayer and said, Dear God, before I finish, I want, to take, I want you to take care of Mommy, take care of Daddy, take care of my sister and my brother. And please, God, take care of yourself. Because if you don't, we're all sunk. Amen. <laughs> we, how many of you would say we need God? We need God. 
I just want to tell you, we serve a great God. I want to brag on him just a moment before I get down into the message. I was looking at uh, the number of gods that were mentioned in the Bible, and I do not have time today to go through all of them, but I would like to point out some of them. Uh, you, if you are a Bible reader in the Old Testament, you would hear of Ashtaroth, and uh, Ashtoreth rather, and, and that God was considered the love fertility goddess. And then Baal was probably one of the most popular of the gods that were worshiped in uh, Bible times. And he was con considered by the heathen as being the principal God, the one, the big God, all right? And we know better than that, but the heathen considered Baal uh, to be the principal God. Now there was one called Baal Zebub, and, and that one means Lord of flies, protection from uh, the, the attacks, uh, uh, protection from disaster. Then there was a God named uh, Chemosh, and it meant destroyer, seducer, and part of worship to that, to that God would be child sacrifices made for that God to be pleased. And then we have Dagon, and Dagon was the Philistine god, and they considered this one to be the grain god. And I could go on and on because people back in that time, they would worship the god of their need. In other words, if they needed crops to grow, then they found a god that they thought would be the crop god. Uh, if if they needed a God for rain, they would find a rain God. If they needed a God for fertility, they would find the fertility God. And, and uh, you would almost have to have a God phone book. Do you know? Or, or Google God. Whatever your need is, Google which God that you would need. I just want to tell you there's one called Jehovah. Jehovah, <laughs> he summarized his job description this way. He said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So that lets me know that whatever you need, we've got a God that is able to supply all of your need. You don't have to look for a Baal. You don't have to look for Dagon. You don't have to look for Mercury. You don't have to look for Chemos. You don't have to look for any other God. Just serve the one that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or are able to think that God is God enough. Now you might say, well, there is only one God and that is true, but there are many false gods. You, you know, there's people that worship different things. The, the Bible was very clear that a man would go into the woods, cut down a tree, and then carve an image out of part of the wood. Would heat part of the wood and cook with it. Would take another part of the wood and stand it up. Now, let me explain. 
stand it up because it wasn't able to stand on its own. They had to carve it and make it because it wasn't able to do it on its own. But then after they would have to stand it up, then they would bow down before it. How ridiculous it, that is to worship that kind of God. I want a God that will help me stand. I want a God that will help me make it through. Not one that I have to help, but one that will help me. Because he is strong, I am not. He is mighty, I am not within myself. But with him, we have power and authority and great blessing. Amen. See, I would like to tell you a modern day God that many people use is this right here. Yeah. Uh, we, we have some people that can't even put it down during church. Did I say that? <laughs> Come on. Instead of asking God for direction, we ask Siri for direction. Come on. Instead of going to God for his healing touch, we try to Google every cure and remedy. I, I want to tell you, I thank God for it and I use it. But it is not my God. It's not my God because we purchased that. Uh, it, it's not my God because, thank God it's not my God because I've had, I don't know how many of them that have failed. I have to keep recharging this. Thank God it's not my God. Are you with me here today? Do you understand? Amen. I dropped one in the toilet and it died. Thank God, it's not my God. My God can weather whatever comes his way because he is above and beyond all that we can think or ask or even imagine. What kind of God do we serve? We serve a mighty God, a God who can. Now you ever heard someone that was a blowhard. You know what I mean by that? They know everything. I mean, before you can get the question out, they know the answer. I remember when I was in high school, there was a guy, and uh, I'll just say his name was David, but David, he, he was a, a, a bragger. And, and he had told everyone how, and, and now I just want to tell you, he made Barney Fife look fat. <laughs> David walked around and he had that arrogant little look. And he talked about how he's a black belt in karate and we'd laugh at him. I thought, my goodness, he, you're not big enough to blow your nose, let alone chop someone, you know. And, and, and then one day he came, he said, he said, uh, I, I, I've won a major drumming competition. And, and again, we laugh because we never saw anything out of David. We just saw little David walk around like Barney Fife through the high school. But we walked into our auditorium one day and they were going to allow David to play a drum solo. 
And so David is in the middle of the auditorium. I just wish you had a picture of David in your mind like I do. We sat there and all of a sudden David started playing the drums. To coin a phrase from my son-in-law, he played the fool out of those drums. <laughs> the entire student body got with him. I mean, he did things that was amazing on a set of drums. I remember sitting there thinking, if David wasn't lying about playing the drums like that, I probably don't want to mess with him because he must really be a karate expert. <laughs> he made me believe that what he was talking, he was able to do. I just want to tell you, I've lived long enough and I've served God long enough to know that when he says, I can heal, I can heal. When he says, I can deliver, he can deliver. When he says, I can break every chain, he can break every chain. When he says that he can make a way where there is no way, our God is not a blowhard. Our God is a God that has the ability to do mighty and great things. Hallelujah. God's ability is an established fact in the scriptures. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, it says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by the great by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. In Job chapter 42 and verse seven, I know that you can do anything and that no one can stop you. In Matthew chapter 19, but with God all things are possible. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In Luke chapter one, in verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want to tell you, I could keep going there. I just want to establish that with God, all things are possible. And here's the cool thing. God knows your name. You know God's name. Y'all are friends, your family, your joint heirs with Christ. That means that if he can do anything, you and I have access to the power that is beyond anything imaginable because that's the kind of God that we are serving. All of nature is absolutely subject to the will and the word of God. In Genesis chapter one, verse three, and God said, let there be light and there was light. God said it. Didn't have to beg, didn't have to plead. He spoke. Uh, the, the word of God says by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. 
I'm building something here. I want you to know I'm telling you that our God not only is able, he spoke, he spoke, and it happened. It happened. It happened. He's, I believe he's in a speaking mode this morning, brother. I believe he's in a speaking mode today. All God will have to do is speak. All he have to do is say the word and your chain is going to fall. He's only going to have to speak the word and your problem is going to be taken care of. Listen, there's other examples. In Matthew chapter 8, he calmed the sea. In Matthew chapter 14, he fed the multitude. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, he walked on the sea. Nothing inhibited him. In Matthew chapter 17, the coin in the fish's mouth for the disciples to pay their taxes. No matter what the need was, it was just a matter of God getting involved. Let me say that again. It was just a matter of God getting involved. There's many people who do not allow God to get involved. Come on. We'll involve everyone on Facebook. Come on. We'll involve everybody on the job. We'll whine and complain. We'll talk about how bad things are and leave God out of the equation. But when God gets involved, things start turning for the better. In fact, he said, for we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. When's the last time that you've involved God? Uh, how about examine right now and look in your heart and, and into your life and, and say, what areas have I led, left God out? We have people who go through marital problems because God is not involved in your marriage. Let me just tell you, I'm happy. I'm thrilled that we had the Art of Marriage seminar here. But I want, for those who couldn't be here, I want you to hear me. If God isn't in the dead center of your marriage, you're in for a rocky road. You might as well save up your money and get ready because sooner or later you're going to need a good divorce, di di divorce lawyer. Whew, couldn't even get it out. I'm just telling you, if God isn't involved, there is going to be chaos. Well, if God isn't involved, things are not going to change. Now, some trusted in his divine ability. Moses knew that God was able when he faced the Red Sea. When he faced the Red Sea, it might have been a problem for others, but for him, he said, let me hear from God. When he heard from God, God let him know what to do, and the Red Sea parted. He got God involved in his situation. Noah trusted in God, and the Bible says it was accounted to him as righteousness, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The flood came, but God was involved in Noah's decision process, and Noah and his family were preserved. Help me out. David knew that God was able to deliver him from the giant. Elijah knew that God was able to send fire down on Mount Carmel. I, I wonder right now, do you know your God? Do you really know your God's ability? 
Now see, I, I, I want to tell you, there are things that you could tell me about my wife and I might would go, yep, 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 that's right. But there's other things you could throw out and I would know and tell you, no, that's not my wife. That's not the way she talks. That's not the way she thinks. That's not the way she reacts because I know her. When's the last time you've really gotten to know your God? He's not a piece of wood. He's a creator. He is all in all. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the mighty God. When's the last time you've really gotten to know him? Let me just go a little bit further. When you pray, when's the last time that you have allowed him to talk? See, prayer is not just us talking to him. Prayer should be us talking to him and him talking back. Now, some people have never experienced that because they don't understand how great and how powerful our God is. Let me cue you in just a moment. You and I are spirit beings. Right now, you're looking at my outward appearance. You're looking at the flesh. But really, 10,000 years from now, Al Sims is going to be in heaven. 10,000 years now, we'll be, uh, well, we'll be with the Lord. Uh, we're going to be in the new heaven, new earth. But I I'm going to live forever. You are going to live forever. We will live either in eternity hell or eternity heavenly places. That's going to happen. But wouldn't it be good to kind of know your God before you get to see him face to face? Wouldn't it be nice to kind of know God's experience in your life? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to have conversation with him? And I just want to tell you, he will speak back to you if you'll listen. Someone needs to hear that. Someone needs to hear that today. See, David listened and he went and got five smooth stones. Elijah listened and, and God gave him instruction on, on uh, how to prepare the sacrifice. Noah listened and God gave him the right instructions for building an ark. Why some of us are going through turmoil day after day, week after week, month after month, month is because we're doing all the talking when there's a God that wants to give us instruction. Well, boy, I'm getting ready to really meddle here. Some of you have been in bad marriages because you didn't ask God anything. You just, you just heaped upon yourself what you wanted when God had better. Well, preacher, what am I supposed to do with it? Well, consult your God about it. God is able to change a bad situation and make it a good situation. You might have made mistakes along the way, but I want you to hear this. There are people that need to understand that we need a God that is able. We need a God that is able. Now listen to this story in the book of Daniel. Daniel had been a praying man and he prayed three times a day. He prayed faithfully three times a day. 
And God gave him instruction along the way. And if you read the book of Daniel, you're going to see that God blessed him and God instructed him and God gave him favor. And now he, he is being looked upon and, and, and the people look upon him, his peers, and they are looking in jealousy. They, they don't like that he is being blessed. Let me give someone a little tip here. Understand, the more you get blessed, there's going to be people who don't like you. Because they're not willing to pay the price. They're not willing to seek their God like you do. They're not willing to listen to their God like you do. But they're, they're looking with an evil eye because they're, they're thinking they're blessed and I should be blessed. Well, they could be blessed because our God has enough blessings for all of us, but they're not willing to pay the price. Don't let anyone rain on your parade. Don't let anyone put you down because you have found favor with your God. You keep walking in favor. Walk in divine favor. Walk in divine favor. Walk in divine favor. There is a favor that God wants each of us to walk in. Now listen here. Daniel was walking in divine favor. And the Bible already said that he was uh, smarter and, and, he, and, and better looking. He, he went on the diet that God had told him. He didn't defile himself and do the heathen way. He went God's way and he was smarter. And, and I almost said he was more smarter. Boy, that would have really sounded good, wouldn't it? For all the teachers in here. He was smarter and he was more uh, uh, handsome than, the, than his peers. And he got promoted. Not because he was handsome, but because God's favor was on him. Favor came. Now he has been promoted and, and his peers say, we've got a problem here. We can't touch him because he's, he's good. So we're going to have to get to him through his spiritual life so they went to the king and they said oh king we want you to make a decree that no one can pray to any other god except you see they just made him a god right then Darius we're going to make you where no one prays to anyone but you and we want you to seal it and make it firm and he did that because they fed his ego and Daniel the Bible says when Daniel knew that the decree had been signed when Daniel knew oh boy if I pray I'm putting my life in my hands There wasn't any debate. I'm getting ready to give someone a nugget of gold and I want you, this is, a, this is a chunk of gold. Daniel had settled it a long time before this moment. There was no debate. 
You don't read where Daniel scratched his head. You don't see where Daniel called in the three Hebrew boys and said, guys, let's see if we can find a loophole. Let's see if we can find a way around this. Not a bit. There was no hesitation when he knew that the decree had been signed. He opened up his windows as was his custom and he prayed to God three times a day. I don't know what his prayer was like, but he prayed and the negative people listened on. They made a beeline over to King Darius and they said, didn't you sign a decree that no one was to pray to anyone but you and Daniel who you have exalted? He is praying to his God what you're gonna do about it. There was nothing he could do about it because he had sealed it and it, it was the law of the Medes and Persians and, and so now it was established. And so he went to Daniel and, and they cast Daniel into the lion's den. But before they cast him into the lion's den, the king looked at Daniel and said, now I want you to get this, here's a heathen, a heathen that worshiped Dagon and, and he is now making a prophecy. Daniel, the God who you serve is able to deliver you from the lions. I wanna just tell you it makes me ashamed that a heathen can have more faith in my God than many Christians do. How big is your God? My God's bigger than lions. My God's bigger than my problem. My God is bigger than my circumstance. My God is bigger than any problem that I may face. Now listen to this. They threw him into the lion's den. They covered the mouth of the, uh, the lion's den. And, and all night long, the king had a terrible night. What have I done? How foolish was I? How crazy a move was that? I didn't think that through. Oh my goodness, I wish I would have just thought. I wish I would have just put a little more time into it. But the night went by, but the next morning they came and rolled the stone away or, or the, from that, that uh, lion's den. And he asked a profound question. Daniel, listen, was your God able to deliver thee? In Daniel chapter six and verse 22, Daniel said, my God was able. He sent angels and he shut the mouths of lions. <laughs> Hallelujah, my God was able. King, be of good cheer. Don't worry, God had my back. King, be of good cheer. My God sent angels. I wasn't even in here alone. My God sent angels to comfort me. They encamped round about me. The lions walked all around. It was nothing to it because my God was able. Some of you right now have a devil as a roaring lion 
roaring around you and you think it looks bad, but I'm here today to tell you that your God is able to deliver you from anything the devil would try to bring against you. Some of you have had bad news from the doctor and the doctor has told you that there is no hope or the doctor has told you it looks like cancer, it looks like this or whatever the problem may be. I want you to say to God be the glory for the good doctors, to God be the glory for the good medical staff. Thank God for technology. But I today choose to believe that my God is able to deliver my God is able to supply all of my needs. I want to tell you in closing a, a story about uh, Brother Simmons. He's passed away now, him and Sister Simmons. And Brother Howard and I were called over to Brother Simmons' house. When we got there, the EMS was bringing Sister Simmons out of the house. I've been where I've seen many, many people who were at the, the point of death. She was about as lifeless as anyone I'd ever seen that was still breathing. They put her in the EMS and took her down to the hospital. We went down there and went into the room where they placed her. Her fever was raging uh, somewhere around 104 105, it, was, it had spiked, it was ridiculous high. And, uh, and, and all hope was gone from the natural. The doctor came over to me and said, her husband is in denial. She is going to die. I've instructed him if any family wants to see her, they need to hurry and get here. And, and, but he won't listen to me. Maybe you can go and talk to him. I went over and I said, Brother Simmons, uh, is there anybody that you think might would like to come and be with your wife? And the doctor interrupted and said, let me be plainer. Your wife is going to die. They need to hurry and get here because she's not going to be here much longer. Brother Simmons bowed up. Brother Simmons by that time was, had to be near 80, and he bowed up. He said, hey, hey, woman. It was a woman doctor. He said, hey, hey, woman, no disrespect. But that woman has raised two or three people from the dead. I've seen her lay hands on people that were dead, and they came back to life. I choose to believe God. Brother Howard and myself were in that room. We looked and the thermometer with her temperature, uh, they, it was on wheels. It was one of those large ones for the, we, we watched as it went down. Uh, and, and, and Sister Simmons lived, I don't, I don't recall how many years after that. I, I'm just here to tell you that Brother Simmons said, I choose to believe God. I'm asking you today in your lion's den of problems who 
do you choose to believe? I choose to believe God because he's able. He's supplied our needs. He's been there for us. And we are able. Would you stand with us? Would you stand please? Now I want to go a little bit further in closing. Because I, I see that at one point this Dagon that was the Philistine God. The Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant. And they placed it before, before they brought it into the temple where Dagon was. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant and placed it there. And, and those people, they were rejoicing because they said our God, Dagon, was stronger than their God. Well, when they woke up the next morning and went into the temple, Dagon, his hands were off his body. And then they, they went in and his, his, his stump, what was left, was prostrate before, before the ark. I, I just want to tell you, God was saying right there, Dagon is no match for me. I, I've got something else to tell you. You need to hear me. You need to hear me. Cancer's no contest for God. Heart trouble is no contest for God. Financial problems are no contest for God. Amen. Marital problems is no contest for God. Uh, uh, well, uh, nervous breakdowns and weariness is no contest for God. Uh, death is no contest for God. Our God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or able to think. Cocaine is no contest for our God. Budweiser is no contest for our God. Nicotine is no contest for our God. I'm here today to tell you that God wants to free you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to make the problem go away this morning who will you serve, the gods of this world or the God above all gods? Who are you going to serve? I'm going to ask you right now. I know this is going to be bold, but this is what I feel impressed of God. Early in the service, I looked over at Brother Houston and I said, God's going to do something today. This is going to be bold. If you are battling any kind of vice, habit, might be any number of things. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be porn, it could be, uh, it, it, it could be any number of vices that you just can't get free from. Today, God wants to free you, today. I, I, I want to say that emphatically. I want everyone to hear, today God wants to free you. Today God wants to free you. I can't say it hard enough. I can't say it, choir, are you feeling anything with me? That God's wanting to free you. 
Now, I know it's going to take a whole lot for you to walk down the aisle because then people are going to wonder what you have a problem with. Just look right back at them. If they want to stare you down, you go ahead and stare back at them and say, don't be self-righteous to me because if we knew all the junk that God freed you from, This isn't a condemning church. This isn't a condemning body. This is a body who says, we know where you've been and we know the problem that you are facing, but today is your day to get free. There's a lot of churches won't bring this up because we want everyone to feel comfortable. I don't want you to feel comfortable in your bondage. I want you to be free from your bondage. We got to take it one step further. Some of you have been housing comfortably, emotional stress. Uh, you, you don't sleep good at night. You snap at your husband, you snap at your wife, at your children. Uh, life, you're, you're on the edge because you're carrying a load that God didn't intend for you to carry. He said, casting all your care upon me for he cares for you. You need to be at this altar. I'm gonna ask my prayer partners if you'd come on, my altar workers rather, all my altar workers. I need you to come. There's already been one who has come to this altar, but I'm just telling you today in my spirit, I know that there's more than one. Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, I tell you to loose your hands off of those who want to come and get free. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will overpower every demon of hell that is trying to hinder. Oh my God. Oh my God. God, in Jesus' name, let the angels go even as they kept Daniel from harm. Would you help them right now to go to the people who are knowing they need help? knowing they need deliverance but they're struggling I can't make that walk if I do what will people think oh my God help them to say I want my life to be free I want my life to be delivered I want hope again I want help again I want to be able to smile again I want to feel joy again. I want to feel young again. I want to feel vibrant again. I don't want to feel bound anymore. This is my opportunity. Right now is my opportunity and I come. Listen, I normally don't do this of those who attend regular, but God spoke to me clearly. There's at least three more. There's at least three more people that you need to come. It would be real easy for you to stay where you are, but God is wanting you to take a step. If you'll take a step, if you'll take a step in the right direction, God's gonna count that as faith. God is gonna count that as a move toward him. Come on right now. Right now in Jesus' name. Come on, make the move. Make the move in Jesus' name. Come on, there's at least three. There's at least three. Right now's your time. Right now's your time in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father. 
This is our day of deliverance right now. Right now. Right now in Jesus' name. I want our prayer altar prayer team I want you to pray prayers of deliverance church stretch your hand toward them choir stretch your hand toward these in the altar listen there's still someone you haven't come up here yet you haven't come yet and God is speaking to my heart he wants to deliver you but he wants you to make a move he wants you to make a move I know he can touch you where you are but he's wanting you to make a move toward this altar today come on right now Right now, in Jesus' name, this is my day. This is my day. I'm not going to leave here bound. I'm not going to leave here bound. Cocaine, you got to go. Porn, you got to go. Addictions, you have to go. Stress, you have to go. Mental anguish, you have to go. Marital problems, you have to go. In Jesus' name, it's got to go. My God is able. My God is able. My God is able. My God is able. Speak it out right now. Speak it out right now. My God is able. My God is able. My God is able. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.